Hey, welcome to the Epic Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad Mitchell, and besides being a husband and a father to four wonderful children, I am also a small business owner. And I'm Bobby Hawk. I'm co-hosting with Chad. And not only am I a husband and father of two, but I am also a pastor. So we're going to talk about leadership and whether you are in the marketplace or the ministry, I think the Epic Leadership Podcast can encourage and enhance your leadership. Here we go. Well, welcome back to another Epic Leadership Podcast. Bobby, we're back again in June. Yeah, can't believe we're at the summer already, our summer leadership series, and uh, we got a special guest. Uh, we wanted to look better today, so for Absolutely. those of you watching, we've uh, we've upgraded. For those of you listening, you'll just have to trust me on this, but uh, maybe we have Steve Morgan with That's us, right. and I'm going to let Chad kind of formally introduce yeah. him, but... Uh, Steve, listen, I know you work for the school district, man, but it's the summer. You didn't have to outdress us today. (laughs) He was just making us look bad. It's summer, but it's not casual Friday yet. Today's not a Friday. It's not casual Friday. So here we go. But now introduce Steve for us. He's a great guy. I'm looking forward to this. You bet. So excited to have uh, Dr. Steve Morgan on the the show with us today just because, uh, man, Steve and I have known each other, man, probably – what are we, six years, seven yeah, well, years? Uh, yes, yeah, uh, going on seven, yeah. Seven yeah. years. We've known each other seven years. We're, we're both mm-hmm. a part of, of Rotary together. And, you know, kind of when Steve and I first met, what's interesting about that, Bobby, is we, act- we actually had mutual connections mm-hmm. already. Um, Steve came from Bolivar. He'll probably talk a little bit about that. But uh, so happy to have him on here with us. Um, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, super excited to, to join your guys' podcast and be part of the summer series. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm married, four daughters. Uh, uh, mentioning Bolivar, I was superintendent Bolivar for five years. Uh, met a good friend there who came to the city. Uh, we call you know Kansas City the city. You know, it's it's a big city when you're from Bolivar. Um, got an opportunity to come up here, and um, and he actually w- works with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brad. Fred Collins there. So, uh, no, it's, it's great. So I was superintendent for five years, uh, there in Bolivar, got an opportunity to come up, uh, serve as deputy superintendent, uh, in Belton. I'm currently the assistant superintendent over finance and operations. Operations is, um, facilities, technology, uh, finance, obviously, um, uh, transportation. Uh, we have a before and after school program called Fort Discovery. So I have six directors, and uh, I, I work with them on the regular, and I'm also responsible for for safety uh, mm-hmm. for the district. So that's awesome. that's, that's that's a lot of fun. That's you, kind of what you I you need do. a few more things un- under. I need a few more things. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I I do drive a bus on occasion. You know, <laughs> you know, one of the one of the things uh, being over transportation, uh, I just wanted to to know more about you know the 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 programs that I that are under my umbrella. So I asked my director to put me through the training. So I, so I'd know uh, kind of what they go through. I had no idea that after the pandemic, there'd be a shortage and I'd be driving the bus like, yeah. you know, once or twice a, a week sometimes. So, yeah, I tell you what. So one of the things that when, when we first met, we kind of met the same way, but Chad, you've known Steve longer, but impressed me. We're people of faith. So yeah. we obviously had that connection in fact, I'm excited. You're taking yeah. your daughter uh, with some of our people going to Jamaica this summer. It's pretty exciting. But uh, but then when you were talking about that, I'm like, man, I just I love that you're just jumping in to get it done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a need. Somebody's got to fill it. Kids need to get to school and uh, serving on a school board in another mm-hmm. you know location. 
knowing all that you do and oversee, that's massive. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. So, well, and you know, Steve, one, one thing that I appreciate about you, and, and this is kind of what it goes back to, Bobby, we've talked about servant leadership a mm-hmm. lot, you know, on our podcast over the, over the last few months that we've been doing this. And the one thing about Steve that just yeah. impresses me is that servant leadership that he has. And the reality of it is, is some of your best days are driving that bus. Oh. I mean, you can tell the day that Steve's driving the bus, he's actually dressed a little bit different, but he's also, <laughs> there's a different, there's a different pep to the step, so to speak, just oh. because he's, he's out there, he's in the trenches, he's doing what he needs to do to get the job done. And I, I just think that's such a huge leadership uh, aspect of what you're doing. That, that's just great. Well, it helps a lot too with the with the relationship I have with the drivers sure. and the monitors. Whenever they see me out there driving with them, it, it is a blast, and I do enjoy it. And and I, I wouldn't tell my drivers this, so hopefully, well, I hope they are watching the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because I hope everybody watches your podcast. But uh, I told my director, you know, a few weeks ago, I said, you know, whenever I retire, I might have to come back and drive a bus. This is I, I enjoy this. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, so so for anybody watching, if you know, bus drivers people, would. I'm sorry, bus drivers would have we, a, we yeah. need them. Yeah, there is. Yeah. There's a shortage. We need yeah. them, and you get to be. You know, it's a pivotal role. Yeah. And I agree with Chad that yeah. servant leadership thing. But so we want to jump in and talk about leadership. Yeah. Uh, there's so much we could talk about. We we've kind of said, hey, what are some of the things that you're most passionate yeah. about when it comes to leadership? And uh, so we'll just kind of kick off with that. You mm-hmm. you kind of can help us steer the conversation. But a lot of experience in the education side. Uh, definitely requires leadership to be in the superintendent yeah. role, assistant superintendent yeah. role. And, uh, and so doctor, yeah. more than we at least have Steve, one doctor in Steve. the house, Chad. It's the, it's the first time I've ever been surrounded by 1.75 doctors. You know, Bobby, you're 0.75. You're almost done, but you're not there yet. So we may have to do it. Perseverance. Perseverance. We have to be like the almost... Chiefs to run this back again so I can be surrounded by two doctors. Uh, you know what I mean? We might have to run it back. Let's see if I get to the finish line, but you're there. Okay. So Okay. For, first of all, Steve, the rest of the interview. It's right? Steve, the rest Steve. of the interview. Okay. okay. <laughs> we got there. All right. All right. So we'll go with Steve. Yeah. All right, Steve. So I don't know. What, one of the things that in yeah. leadership, uh, talk a little bit about maybe, maybe failing. Can we kick yeah. off there? Cause you yeah. kind of threw that out. I just, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on, on when we fail or how we fail? How do we move on from that? Yeah. Cause it's inevitable in life, right? At some yeah. point. I was at Chick-fil-A a couple of weeks ago and then, and, and, uh, I was sitting there waiting for my food and a gentleman, uh, a young man, probably, probably a high school student, which I thought was pretty cool. He came over and said, Hey, sir, you know, you're wearing a suit. You seem to be, you know, like you might have some leadership <laughs> qualities. He said, uh, I like asking people, he said, what's, what's one tip? And I said, don't be afraid to take a risk. You know, think of next steps. Um, not, not best practice, but next practice, you know, think, think, uh, be innovative and, uh, and don't be afraid to fail as long as you're failing forward and you're learning from your mistakes, you know, don't, don't fail backward and say, Oh, I'm not going to try that again or, or, or keep doing the same mistakes, you know, uh, but, but learn from it, learn quickly and, and move forward. So as a, as a leader, I encourage my directors uh, and others, you know, to let's communicate, let's, let's talk things through, but I, I encourage them, you know, if they have something new, they want to try, uh, you know, go for it. And if, if, if it doesn't work, that, that's all right. We learned something and, yeah. uh, and we'll, and we'll try again and modify it and, yeah. and, and go again. So I, I think that's important. Well, if you're afraid to fail, you're afraid to lead. Yeah. Cause, cause nobody can lead and make every decision and it always work out the way it, it is upstairs in your head, right? Things happen yeah. and there's things you can't plan for and, and it'll cripple you. Is that fair? I absolutely. Mean, and if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not trying new things. So, right. cause, cause it's inevitable. 
Yeah. 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 You can get comfortable doing the same yes. thing. And yeah. Chad, I mean, probably Chad, let's talk about your business for a little sure. bit because education, that's mm-hmm. true. There's the staples that are going to remain the same, but the way we teach kids, the way we educate, yeah. the challenges that we deal with, even post pandemic challenges, mm-hmm. you got to be willing to try new things. Let's go back to, to your industry. Yeah. Um, it, it, is that it, true for you? Here's what's interesting about that. As, as Steve is working through some of that, I'm thinking about some of my biggest successes in business started with my biggest failures. You know, I mean, if you think about that, and, and it, sound, it sounds weird to even say that, right? But when you take the risk, when you do what others aren't doing, you know what I mean? To to make yourself different, I think that's when some of your biggest successes mm-hmm. will actually happen for you. So that I, I've seen that to be true in, in my business. I've seen that to be true in the organizations that I've been a part of. And I think sometimes what can happen, even as a young leader, as a young leader, you just want to fit in the box, right? You want to fit in the box and you want to do all the things that, that sometimes the, the textbooks yeah. just tell us to do. And I think you make a great point sometimes – just get out of the box. Yeah. Get out of the box. Be okay with failure, but make sure that you're learning from those yeah. failures. Yeah. So yeah, if you're not, I would say if you're not failing, you're failing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because what you said, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. So either you're not trying new things, you're not trying hard things, you're not trying different things. There's something mm-hmm. you're afraid to try, which means you're probably failing at doing the best that you yeah. could do for your organization. Yeah. Your status quo at this point at best. And and then you're going to – I don't know how you feel. I feel like there's not an organization that goes like this. Yeah. It's this or it's this. They may do this, but it's not for very long. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. if you're not it's continuing not to find the bumps, Absolutely. you're, you're yeah. going down. So so failing – what else in your leadership and your experience, Steve, stands out as just kind of a leadership lesson or application that people listening could yeah. apply to their life? What Talk to what, just just pouring into others and others pouring into you. So I, I think it's important to have mentors and be mentored, and and to have accountability or have 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 your peers, you know, kind of where you're at and and to bounce things off of. So yeah. uh, that's something I've I've practiced since I was you know just you know, well in high school even you know, just have people that I look up to and that that I, I could mentor. I, I wasn't mentoring a whole lot of people in high school, but uh, as I progressed through my career, I certainly would invest in in the younger. Uh, Younger, younger teams. So, so yeah. talk more about that. So, mentoring—you mentioned people mentoring you. Yeah, you mentoring others. I think mm-hmm. some of our listeners might feel like they could do one or they could do the other, but they couldn't do both. Sure. And the reality is, you probably can and you probably should because sure. there's something that you learn from mentoring, and there's something you learn from being mentored. Yeah. I mean, both are important. Sure. So uh, maybe unpack that for us in your sure. experience. Well, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it, it's way time consuming, but really it's it's about relationships yeah. and having that that core. Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got a couple guys um, that have been here and done that before. Uh, Dr. Langford, Ron Langford, uh, was a superintendent of mine in, in Webb City. And uh, whenever I got my job in Bolivar, actually, he was the first to call me. He called me before it. It, it went public. I mean, he, he hurt. I mean, he's just connected, but he just called and congratulated me because we had that type of relationship mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I can call him or talk to him. We don't meet on the regular, but he's my mentor. If, if there's something in education, mm-hmm. if it, you know, I'd, it, I want to read what he reads <laughs> early in my career. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just look up to this guy so much and I just wanted to, to emulate him. And, and, um, 
you know, as a superintendent, I would, I would invest in my, my principals or my directors and, and make, make our, our meetings, you know, our, our, whether they're weekly or monthly or quarterly or whatever, you know, that, that, that team, uh, you know, we, we'd talk about leadership topics. We, we, I would just encourage them, you know, to take those risks and, and, uh, just what can I do to help? And, and then obviously since I'm some, you know, their supervisor or whatever, but, you know, we're, we're talking regularly, but even outside of that, I, I've, I've got a, a young man, uh, that not leadership wise, but just family related, you know, that, that we'll have, have, you know, coffee or, or, or whatever, you know, maybe once a month or once every other month mm-hmm. and just, just check in. That's not time consuming, but he, and he knows he can call me and I can, I can just send him a text and say, Hey, how, how's it doing you know, yeah. in this regard? Then, as I said, Brad Collins, our mutual friend, oh, yeah. he, he's a guy that, that, uh, you know, I, I can bounce things off of, uh, in the day to day. Uh, he and I just hike Pikes Peak. We just did a little, little guys trip. And, I, I, uh, it's one of those that you guys just didn't hike Pike Peak. I mean, you. I you like guys, how he threw you, that out. You guys decided. We just. You guys decided on a whim. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah forgive right. me if I'm yeah. wrong, but you guys decided on a whim to go hike hike Pikes Peak. Yeah. You drove out there. How, how many days were you out there? So we left on a Thursday afternoon from Lee Summit. We yeah. got there about about midnight. Changed clothes in the parking lot. And started hiking. We hiked all night. Set up our hammocks early the next morning. Got acclimated, so we went from six thousand to ten thousand feet. That's about about six miles that that first night hike, and then the next day we summited to fourteen thousand and then back to ten, uh, slept in our hammocks and and all that, and then we we hiked back out. So we were we were home for it by eight o'clock on Sunday morning. Yeah, we drove Bobby. from Lee Summit to <laughs> to Colorado Springs, hiked twenty six miles. Slept in our hammock, filtered our own water. Hike. Oh, it was a blast. It was a great dude trip. And uh, we- <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you the funny part about this. Okay, so I find out that this is happening. I find out that this is going mm-hmm. on. I look at Brad, and I said, "Brad, that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. I'd like to do that." He goes, "Go talk to Steve." So the next the next day, yeah, I lo- yeah. I look at Steve and I'm like, "Steve, when we hike in Pikes Peak, he gets out his phone and he starts <laughs> looking at his calendar. He goes, "I'm free this weekend. You want to yeah, go?" Yeah. And I'm just like. It's- no, I don't want to go. <laughs> well, I, I've me? talked about it so much. Uh, my daughter, my daughter's seventeen, and she is um, she's not built to carry a, a forty pound pack. Yeah. Let's say she's a uh, she's a little, little petite, but uh, she's like, Dad, I want to go, I want to go. And I was like, Honey, I don't think you can carry that big pack. And she said, Well, you can carry half mine. <laughs> so we're we're going uh, June seventeenth so of this year. 60, she's got twenty. June June seventeenth this year. Uh, okay. We're, we're going to do it again. We're going to hike all night and sleep in our hammocks that's and awesome. hike back out. Just me and my daughter. So well, and that is, and in a way, that's mentoring yeah, too, right? It is, I mean, absolutely. It's your kid, but it's spending time. It's investing, and I think mm-hmm. that's what I'm hearing you say is there's an investment yes. that mentoring. It's an investment into you when you allow other people, and they're looking for a rate of return. Yeah. I mean, a return on investment. Not because that's required, but the time that they're spending, that return on investment is the time you spend with others. Yeah. It's and the, the and, trickle down. And, and the time you spend with others building into them, it builds you as yeah. well. I mean, yeah, it, it just, really does. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's interesting that, that, that you talk about that. And, and Steve, you and I have talked a lot about development of people mm-hmm. and those things. So one question I would have for you, though, is, man, you've been at the high of education. You've been a superintendent. Mm-hmm. You've done that. Now you've kind of stepped back into a different role, so no longer the guy that the chief guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Now you're you're a little bit lower than that, and, and to me, I've I've always wondered how is that? How hard is it to transition from 
I'm the guy that's making all the shots. I'm the guy that's calling all the rules to the guy that's below that. Now, how is that a tough yeah, transition? It's or? not. It's not a tough transition at all. So I was superintendent. Uh, you know, I was, I was gone you know, four or five nights a week. Yeah. I was watching other kids play. My daughters were young. So I was investing in, in others, but not my family as much. So the opportunity came to come to the city uh, to be the deputy and then and then here at Fort Osage. Um, so I have a lot more family time. My yeah. obligation is maybe two nights a month now. Uh, I do a lot more than that because I want to, not because yeah. I have to. Okay. And uh, so – so it's it's great in that regard. The a lot of the the duties, the finance and the facility, those are things that that I did and Bolivar, superintendent, things I enjoyed. The thing I don't do uh, is what you alluded to being the the chief is the CCO, the chief cheerleading officer. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> being the face of the district, and you know that's that's not so bad. Uh, yeah. That's not so bad. I I, I love our superintendents. Uh, they're doing a great job. I know Blue Springs and and Fort Osage, uh, you know, God bless them and pray for our, pray for our superintendents, yeah. uh, no doubt, and, and and our leaders, our educators, you know, all over the state. But um, it's it's not it's not difficult um, yeah. when you're a superintendent. You, if, if if anybody in the organization, we have 800 staff members. If anybody does anything that makes social media or does anything that you know a complaint yeah. comes into the school, you take it personally. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't, yeah, <laughs> but you do. As as assistant superintendent, if if there's a, I don't take it personally. I I, I mean I look at it as an opportunity to you know to, to help you know or to to to. Yeah. But I don't. I, it, it's it's not the stress isn't there that the well, superintendent may have. But and I and I think you know if, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, I think that also comes with maybe you don't take it personally because it's a different role for you mm-hmm. now. But maybe also you don't take it personally because you've had experience with what that feels like, and you, and sometimes knowledge yeah. and experience will change your outlook on things that you do as a leader. And going back to failing, that that was a failure. I should not have taken it personally yeah. as a superintendent, and, and I've learned mm-hmm. from that. And taking this role has helped me to realize, hey, I handled that wrong. I I should not have taken it the way I have because. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have control of those things. You can help fix, right. you can help learn, help them learn. You can communicate, you can do things differently, but it shouldn't be the, the level of stress that I was, I was carrying back then. Yeah. So, well, I think too, that, that speaks to adaptability mm-hmm. and leadership and adapting to different roles and different positions to me always speaks to the character mm-hmm. of the leader, because if you're secure, sure in who you are, you don't have to have whatever title, whatever position, and, and you can lead effectively within that. I think when you're insecure as a leader, then you look for the position, you look for the title Mm -hmm. to affirm your role and you may not thrive in that role because you are going to take stuff personally at that point, especially because you're so wrapped up in the position versus just being in the role that you can best serve. And, and again, I think that's probably rare for for a lot of people, especially in education that I've worked with, because so much of it comes from, I mean, obviously there's the educational pursuit, sure. right? There's reaching the doctorate, uh, the EDD, whatever that is. Um, then there's, there's kind of the rise through the ranks, you know, started as maybe, you know, in the classroom, building principal mm-hmm. up into central office. So to be able to take on any different role in that way, to me, speaks more about the security of the yeah. person as a leader 
than it does the position. And so, you know, while I applaud that, I also think you've pointed out the benefits sure. and, and you've said, you know, hey, I get more family time, don't have to yeah. take things personally. So for our listeners who may say, well, I can't relate. I've never been a superintendent. I'm not a CEO of an yeah. organization. Um, it, it's the idea that whatever position you're in, what I'm hearing is adapt and do that to the best of your ability and focus on the benefits of that. You know, maybe you have less responsibility in some areas that frees up more time to sure. do more with your family yeah. or hike, yeah. <laughs> hike speak or whatever you're going to do. So I think that's yeah. pretty powerful. Uh, I think we have time for maybe one more just leadership lesson, nugget, something that you have experienced and can share. And we'll use that to kind of bring a wrap sure. to this. But what's what's on your mind? Well, I, you know, I think our staff is the greatest resource there is. You know, and I know it's true in education. It's not the textbooks or the curriculum or anything. It's our staff and how, how they're going to. Going to going to do the the things that they do that, to help kids be successful. So and that starts with the hiring process. So you know whenever whenever I hire and I've hired my goodness I, I can't imagine I've been uh, central office uh, eighteen years now. My first super, superintendent gig was eighteen years ago. Um, hired a lot of people yeah. and uh, I, I, I like I like the, to look at personality <laughs> over skills. You know their, their or, or their their work ethic or their you know how how they're going to fit as a team. Uh, you can teach certain things. You can teach the curriculum. You can teach how to drive a bus. You can teach, but but just finding the right person, I, I think, is important uh, to fit your team. And then investing in them, like, like yeah. we talked about, just uh, just helping them grow and encouraging them to grow. Um, and I be honest with you, I'd rather hire a superstar that's only going to be in your organization for a year than somebody mediocre for ten. Yeah. And uh, so I I I wouldn't. Hire somebody thinking, oh, but they may only be here for two years. Well, that's okay. It, it's going to be the best two years. <laughs> we're going yeah. to hire the best person. Yeah. Um, and and it's our job to get them here to keep them. Yeah. So then, so so that they're there more than two years. If if that's if that's the case, if that works, what's best for them? But yeah, well, I, I've never I've never been disappointed whenever we'd lose a staff member for for a better job or for better you know because you've helped them to prepare for that. I, I think that's a I think that's a compliment. So you touched on this a little bit, but if you had to say the most important mm-hmm. component of hiring someone, yeah. top of the list for you, you're looking at what? I'm looking at fit. I'm looking for somebody who's who's got a nice personality, who can communicate okay. uh, with, with others, um, somebody who can share a vision, okay. uh, somebody who can take, um, take I don't want to say criticism, but take um, – uh, uh, take direction, take, sure. you know, t- take it and, uh, and learn from it. Um, look for somebody who, uh, you know, just, just would be a good fit for the team. So, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. What I'm hearing though, is I would choose chemistry over competency. Sure. Oh yeah. And, and that's ironic because in the field of education yeah. where we, we teach competency, right? Mm-hmm. We right. expect you go from kindergarten, mm-hmm. you know, to 12th grade. When you graduate, sure. you have competency. We test for competency, sure. right? So the the thought might be, we're going to try to hire the most competent people. What you're saying is we can teach a lot of that. What we can't teach is chemistry. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Is That's, that fair? That, very fair. Very fair. And I think what's also important in that, that, that our listeners really need to pick up on is sometimes it really doesn't matter how many different skills qualifications you can put on a resume. It does that that looks good on paper, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's good to have yeah. that kind of thing. But I think sometimes what really matters is is how well you can communicate your abilities. Number one, 
Number two, how well you demonstrate your abilities to be able to be part of a team, to be able to move forward. Because I, I would agree with you totally, Steve. When it comes to hiring people, I would probably focus more on how are you going to fit the culture? How are you going to fit the team? How are you going to fit what we're trying to build here as opposed to give me all the certifications and degrees that you have, sure. right? Absolutely. And, and I think that's so great. And uh, the one thing I'll transition with that is, you know, my son is a part of the Blue Spring School District, but he's also a part of Fort Osage's CTC program. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know there's some transitioning mm-hmm. going on to where we're going to try to get some of that in Blue Springs, but he's a part of that now as a junior. He will be a part of that as a senior. And here's what I've seen. Bobby, you and I have talked about this. Sometimes that we, we've got square, square, square boxes trying to fit in a round hole, right? What the CTC program, I think, has done for him that it's really helped me out with as a father and helped him out as a student is it's helped him find a different niche that he was looking for. Mm -hmm. The one thing that he said to me when he came home after his first week is, man, this is, this is what I've been looking for. This is, this is a program I've been looking for. I don't know as if he'll go to a four year college. I I don't know that, but here's what I can tell you. He is learning the skill sets and, and he is learning the personality style of things to be able to be to be able to be successful maybe without all the certifications that somebody else has. And I yeah. think that's huge. Yeah. And that's not to to take away from experience or skills no, or anything like that. I mean that not. those are valuable, but uh but chemistry is is huge. Well, and I think that's where when a person who has high levels of competency mm-hmm. and maybe that's through education or through experience don't forget that it's going to be the chemistry that's going yeah. to keep you in the job. Yes. That's yeah. going to and maybe even get you the job. Yeah. And so I think, again, to our listeners, I always want to make this applicable because it's easy to sit there and say, yeah, but I don't lead at that level or I'm not in that position where I'm hiring people. OK, but you may be at some point in a position where you're hiring people. Yeah. And if you are, think about that, the chemistry versus the competency. You can be impressed by competency, but you are going to thrive with chemistry. Because you can teach skills, but I found you can't teach somebody that doesn't want to be taught. Correct. You can't teach the unteachable, right? And so sometimes people come in very impressive on paper, but they don't want to work with other people. Yeah. Okay. Hard to teach teamwork. Yeah. Or grit. grit. Yeah. Or or grit. Or any of that. Any of those things that you just pick up on naturally. And so, uh, you know, Steve, I, I, I appreciate you being here. I know from a distance because of my involvement in Blue Springs how difficult your role is. And I applaud it, but I I applaud most not your competency to do the role. Um, What I applaud is truly that servant leadership. And to me, that's the type of people that I want to be around. Those are the type of people I want to work for. And so, man, I think the people that get to work around you, work for you, work with you at Fort Osage, um, man, they're they're blessed because of the type of leader you are. And so just to recap, uh, talk about failing forward. Yeah, I like what you said. If we're not we're not failing, that means we're not trying enough. Mm-hmm. And so I almost say we're failing if we're not failing. I mean, that's the takeaway for me. Um, I think about mentoring and I think about hopefully people caught. It's a both and mm-hmm. be mentored and mentor and the return on investment. You don't personally see a lot of times because that return on investment is in somebody else. Yeah. And that's how you've got yeah. to think about it which is probably the greatest return on investment because mentoring is probably the least selfish thing a person can do, uh, but it benefits others. And then my takeaway here is always remember 
the chemistry, the fit, the things that you can't teach higher for that over the things that you can teach, the competencies, the skills, et cetera. And uh, so, man, a lot of good takeaways. Yeah. Chad, what what would you say? Did I miss anything? And, what would you add? No, been, I think that I think that was a great recap of of what Steve was able to bring to us today. I, Bobby, we could sit here and talk to Steve for hours, <laughs> right? Because what it comes down to is – and nothing that's earth-shattering, but it's things that we need to hear more of, okay? It's the basic principles of leadership, the basic principles of team development – the basic principles of hiring and the basic principles of just being able to to be that mentor, being able to, to not only be a mentor for somebody else, but make sure that you're able to be mentored too, right? We're always learning. We're always trying to do better. We're always trying to get better. And uh, Steve, man, it's been yeah. a pleasure having you. Oh, we appreciate blast. having yeah. you here today. Um, I always feel like I get better when we have somebody else in here the room. Not that I don't get better from Bobby every day, but it's always good to hear from somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Well, and I, I love, Steve, that you've taken the time out of your schedule. I know you got a lot going on, but you're investing in other leaders even by doing this. Yeah. The people that are listening, um, they're practical. Yeah. These are practical things. They're not overcomplicated. I love that. You, you've kind of simplified it. And uh, that demonstrates kind of a good teaching style yeah. as well. So well, it's, gr- it's greater to give than to receive. And I tell you what, I, I've been blessed and encouraged by this. So, yeah, I, you know, it's yeah. given my time. This is, this is good for me, too. So I appreciate the the invite and I appreciate your guys' leadership and, and your friendship, more yeah. importantly. Well, and one last thing that we can't Uh-oh. we can't go without. But you're the only person that I know that I've met that's been on Wheel of Fortune. You, you knew <laughs> I couldn't R, leave please. that. I'd like I, to buy I an E. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let that go. But uh, yeah. then, I'm, and I mean the real one, not like a Vegas style. Oh, thing. I mean, he was there. The real deal on Wheel of Fortune. And so, uh, uh, hey, I, hey, I made some social media posts too. By yeah, the way. We'll, yeah. We'll talk about that off screen. <laughs> that's good. No, that's, that's good awesome. stuff. Hey, thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is our summer leadership yeah. series. Uh, we'll be joined uh, this next month in the month of July. Uh, April Agate. So we'll introduce awesome, her guys. more, but excited. Uh, she's going to bring an entirely different perspective, Chad, than you and I can bring because, uh, she's, uh, she's a female. Uh, she's, uh, Hispanic. She's had a lot of opportunity in education. Ironically, yeah. a Fort Osage graduate. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah. uh, has done, you know, some, some developing of teachers and leaders in Fort Osage and is now part of, uh, Blue Springs uh, School Board. So I'm just excited uh, to talk about everyday leadership with her. Steve, it's been great. So tune back in with us uh, next month, if you will. And uh, hope you have a great summer. Uh, Like it, share it. Let's get this word out. We just want to help leaders be the best they can be, whether you're leading at home, leading at work, or anywhere in between. That's what the Epic Leadership Podcast is about. So we'll see you again soon. You bet, guys. Have a great month. Thanks for joining the Epic Leadership Podcast. Man, this is just fun for Bobby and I just to kind of talk back and forth and hopefully give you some good insights into some leadership of a couple different industries. And if you've enjoyed it, we would love to have a good review. Uh, Give us a five-star rating if you can. Share it with some friends. If you didn't like it, then tune in again next time and we will try to do better. We'll see you next time, guys.